May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It is great to be back at the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Geneva. I come from time to time when there is a need. <laughs> I am Wesley Ariraja, originally from Sri Lanka, and Terry and I were colleagues at the World Council of Churches for many years, and we have developed a very strong friendship. I am glad that I am able to step in when the pastor is not able to be here. Last Sunday and today, we are reflecting on the character and nature of the church, as St. Paul reflects in this first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12. Last Sunday, in dealing with the first 11 verses of this chapter, Pastor Andy Willis made three important points. First one is that everyone, without exception, is given a gift. There are no question of gifted people and not gifted people. God has given everybody a gift. And second important point that he made was that all gifts are valuable. Whether they are small or big or visible or not visible, the gifts that we have that have been given by the Spirit are all valuable and are very important in our life and in the life of the church. And the third and the most important point he was making and developed was that these gifts are not for our benefit, but for the benefit of the whole community. Each one is given a gift, but a gift's purpose is to serve the whole community. Therefore, the theme of his sermon was the common good. All these things work towards the common good. Now, I want to continue this message from chapter 12, from verse 13 to uh, 30, verse 13 to 30. But I want to make a preliminary remark before I begin to reflect on these words. As many of you might know, originally, the scriptures were not divided into chapters and verses. They were a continuous text. Only in 1559, that the first time the New Testament was divided into chapters and verses, and the first English translation that came with chapters and verses was in 1560 in the Geneva Bible. Now, there's an advantage in dividing the letter of St. Paul into chapters and verses. For example, if somebody asks, where does St. Paul speak about the gifts of the Spirit? We have to go through all the chapters in order to find out where it is. But somebody can say it is in chapter 12, and it starts in verse 13. So it is a great benefit that it was divided into chapters and verses. But sometimes the editors who made these chapters and verses made some unintended errors. And today, we come across one of those things. Because we are convinced that St. Paul did not stop this discussion 
at the end of chapter 12, but continues through chapter 13. So chapter 12 and 13 should not have been separated. They belong together. Unfortunately, chapter 13 is treated as a great hymn of love. Lord, speak with the tongues of angels, I and have no gift, I have no love. I, when I have no love, I, it is, I am a clanging symbol, etc. Then love is, and we use finally, there are three things, uh, uh, faith, hope, and love, that the greatest of these is love. So we treat it as a separate text and read it at weddings and all that. But actually, chapter 13 belongs intimately to chapter 12, as I will show when we continue to uh, reflect on this. Now to reflect on those verses that begin from 13. Corinthian church had people with different gifts. <clears throat> there are apostles, prophets, teachers, healers, miracle workers, those who spoke in tongues and so on, and leaders and all that kind of thing. The problem with the church was that even though they were aware that people had different given gifts, they thought that some gifts are more important than the other. Or those who had certain gifts, like gifts of prophecy, ability to speak in tongues, had better gifts or more important gifts than the others. Even though they recognized all the gifts, they thought that there is a hierarchy of gifts and that some gifts are more important than the other. Therefore, St. Paul says two important points about gifts and their use in the church. And to make his first important point, he chooses one of the most powerful and telling examples to show the importance of these gifts, and that is the body. As we read the lesson, we found out that the body is a highly integrated thing. It's amazing how the eye and the nose and the ear and the hand and the ear work together in order for us to continue to live. If you close our eyes, then we are in a different world. If we don't hear, we are in a different world. And even if we can see something if our dangerous, if our hands or our legs must come to our help, all these things marvelously. In fact, the human body, body in general, is a miracle. All these different parts work together for the common good, supporting one another. Therefore, the most important point about the body is how all the parts of the body are deeply interdependent on one another. One cannot say, I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Ear cannot say to the, um, to the eye, I don't need you. All of them are needed and all of them must work together and in together they have to, uh, only together they can help us to be a body. Therefore, the first important point that St. Paul is making is by comparing the body or the church or the body of Christ to the human body. Even as the human body, all the parts belong together and are interdependent on each other. And the well-being of the body depends on all of them working together. So is life in community. So is the life in the church. That no person's gift is not only unimportant, but it is necessary a part of being the church itself. 
Therefore, he gives a very important uh, uh, emphasis on the interdependence of all of us and all our gifts for the common well-being of the church and for the community. And the second is, he is dealing with this problem about what is more important. Is prophecy more important than other things or is speaking in tongues much more visible expression or having great knowledge and having great capacity to preach is better? What is more important than the other? And there was a very serious debate in, in, uh, in Corinthian church that uh, uh, one is better than the other and some people were very proud of the fact that they had certain gifts and some people looked down upon those people who do not have some gifts, etc. And therefore, Paul continues in chapter 12, the last verses, but I show you a more excellent way and even though I... So he says, yeah, you have all these gifts, some are prophets, some are teachers, some are miracle workers, etc. But I, show, I, will, I, will, I will show you a more wonderful way. And he goes on to say that even though I speak in tongues, even though I may speak in tongues, not only tongues of mortals and angels, even if I speak in the tongues of angels, but if I have no love, I am a clanging symbol. I may have all knowledge, I may have all powers of prophecy, I may have faith to remove mountains, but if I have no love, it is nothing. Huh? So he takes all those gifts of prophecy, of knowledge, of speaking in tongues, and all the gifts that people had said, if, if you do not have love, all these are useless. In fact, the chapter 13 is in the beginning is not so much about love, but about condemnation, a challenge to those people in the church who felt that the sum of their gifts that they had were greater than the gifts of the others. You may have any gift. You may be an apostle, you may be a prophet, you may be speaking in tongues. If you do not have love, all that is nothing. So, first he emphasizes the interdependence of the body. Secondly, he gives love as that which binds the people of different people into a body so that they don't discriminate against each other. But what is important is that this is one of the passages in which we have also a very good definition of love. Love is perhaps the most uh, misunderstood word in uh, our culture. More, more or less exclusively, we treat love with some kind of affection. Huh? We have having affection. But in the Bible, that is important, that is emphasized, and there are books in the Bible that deal with that. But much more importantly, love is a ethical notion. Love is a notion that deals with what kind of people we are. So this is how Paul defines love. Love is patient, it is kind, it is not envious or boastful, it is not arrogant, it is not rude. No, this is not about emotions, huh? it is about how we deal with other people. It does not rejoice in the wrong, but rejoices in the good. It bears all things, believes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. 
prophecies come to an end. Speaking of tongues will cease, he says. But love, that will never end. Therefore, look for that gift, the gift of love. That love, that love is not only greater than all the other gifts, but helps you to handle all these gifts together in the church for the total well-being of the human body and the body and for the well-being of the individual. He goes on to say that when you have love, you, it's a very interesting, when, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I understood like a child, but when I grew up, I gave up my childish things. So he says, if you don't have love and if you think that you are prophecy, prophecy is better, or you are talking like a child. You don't fully understand. If you are mature, then your love is such that you will not make such distinction or uh, look at other people with, uh, with... Therefore, he says, grow up. Grow up in your love so that you may also grow up in your understanding. And he goes on so far as to say, there is faith, there is hope, there is love. But the greatest of these is love. You may have faith to remove mountains, he says, but if you have no love, it is, means nothing. So it is a wonderful way in chapter 12 ends at the end of chapter 13. Hmm? All the gifts are given for our common good, all the gifts are equally good, all the gifts are important, all these gifts are interdependent, all these gifts are for the well-being of the church, and all of them are held together by the love we have in Christ. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Eternal God, we thank you for all the gifts that you have given us and for the way in which we can exercise those gifts for the well-being of all people. We ask you for that greatest gift that you can give us, the love. And that we have seen that love, how far it can go in the death of our Lord Jesus Christ for us. And may that kind of love, that self-giving love, selfless love, the love that embraces everyone, enfold our own hearts, and we may also grow into a mature maturity to which you have called us. We ask in the name of him who came for us, who gave his life for us, and rose again to give us glory, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.